We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, 10 months, and 13 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Ned. It is the exclusive for the week. How are you? Oh, I, I'm just going to stay away from peanuts. <laughs> yes. Um, Marty had a very rather unfortunate accident yesterday. You you were telling me that actually it, it was a lot worse than what he told everybody. I was the audience. Was, yeah. I'll tell you what. You were the I'll audience, you, yeah. The only thing he didn't do was die on microphone, and that might have popped one of my ribs. Yeah. So I would have put something. I would have put something on his gravestone. <laughs> Here lies Marty, the peanut-eating thespian, or something. Yeah, yeah. I killed everything except this peanut that got me. <laughs> what a way to go! I would have told him. I would have said, "Would you just mute your mic? I just don't want to hear it." Yeah. No, glad he made it through it because he was still coughing in, in part of the prep. But anyway, I'm, uh, I'm sure he was. He had to tell you. He did. Yeah, he, he did. He told all the listeners, he, too. Yeah, I'm sure he did. The world had to know. <laughs> and literally, That's the world now knows that <laughs> if over 40 countries now know that he almost died from eating a, a peanut. And I, I actually told him, I said, you know, like, that's one of the first things we teach small children is to not throw things in your mouth like that. <laughs> then he went on to claim that he was raised by wolves. So, you know, he he was accepted uh, yeah. from that. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Transwolves. Yeah, trans <laughs> You could not write this stuff. All right, what do you have for the week? Let's let's get into some topics of the day. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna, I was gonna. There's something I want to speak about later, but um, there's a few small things, annoying things. I mean, in the UK, I'm not happy with royalty as it is at the moment. And oh goodness, it it's hasn't, all over the news. Hasn't, the royal family hasn't acted like a royal family for quite a while now. It's all over the news right now. Char Charlie was taken to the hospital. Yeah, I know. He was in the hospital a few days ago, and you know, like he was. It was. I saw it all over the the news when I was at the gym tonight. I think it was prostate stuff. I think. Yeah, but they like they rushed stuff. him back or something. Is what? Yeah, was being well, reported. his car. It maybe his car was catching up with him. Maybe you know, you know. But you see, there's always protocols and things they should follow. And at the end of the day, if you're at the head of the country, you don't. You are supposed to actually. These are your people too, because they are the people that fight for your country as such. They're not just peasants. But if the Netherlands haven't got enough crap going on, you know, they're um you know, the when when the Queen died and the son took over, he was married to who became the Queen consort, Maxima uh Maxima. 
and she was like a daughter of an Argentine um, diplomat or something, wasn't she? But uh, she's she was at WF. She was at Davos. Imagine that. Now, in the Netherlands constitution, she's not supposed to be doing this sort of thing, yeah? So apart from breaking that, right, she's um, she used to be quite highly regarded by the people, but now they have a lot of not-so-nice things to say about her. Because since October 2022, she's been doing this for over a year now, she's been spouting about central bank digital currencies and digital IDs, like, funny enough, like a lot of other people. And it's, it is total in violation of the Dutch constitution. In fact, if I qu did a quote from her at the WEF, she went, introduction of biometric digital ID cards could be used by governments to track who actually got a vaccination or not. <laughs> Back to that old chestnut. We should just She's... call it a vaccine passport, maybe. That, <laughs> that'd be good, wouldn't it? Catch your name. Yeah, so, so I agree with you, Netherlands. Get rid of her. Actually, I, uh, I like oh, the way at least you just get her husband, that. who's supposed to, she's only the consort to get her back in and tell her that she shouldn't be doing that. I actually like what you just did there. As you finished the point, you just tossed the paper off to the side there and it hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, 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 get rid of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of her. Um, you were speaking to Mike about farming and stuff like that, and problems. Yeah, we were talking about the farmers' protest. Yeah, and I and was there actually isn't anything happening in the UK. Well, there not is not yet. Not oh, yes, is there, there is is there? Oh, okay. well, yeah. The Scottish are up in arms. They're doing okay, a different. You see. You see, in this that. country, yeah, we've already got a lot of um, national park areas, national trust areas, a hell of a lot of heritage areas, yeah? And in Scotland, there are, like, you've, what you've got on these, you, you've got um, farmers that exist on these lands and crofters and stuff like that, yeah? And they're getting messed around with because the governments that see the national parks as carbon clearance areas. Not this again. This carbon sink garbage. Yeah, yeah. So they've been. There is actually news items and stuff like that, and they're dumping stuff and doing other things. And um, they've. Uh, but you see, where it seems like they're trying different roles in different countries. Well, the Netherlands are getting hit because of all the um, ammonia, nitrous oxide, yeah. excuse, yeah. Da, da 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 da, all that crap, which is bollocks. Yeah, you've got to reduce your cattle. And because you're adjacent to these um, conservation areas, you've got to have reductions as well. So your ammonia stuff doesn't go over into there and kill the little flowers because that'll make the big fl weedy flowers grow. But that's nature. Nature does that. And then they bring free roaming cows onto the conversation at conservation area when the farmer's got to reduce theirs. Yeah, Netherlands is just a joke. Yeah, it is, the, yeah, the Germans are getting hit another. with... Yeah, Germans are getting hit with diesel. The French are yep. getting hit with uh, something. Uh, I, I can't remember what the... The Polish are well, getting hit with something different. The Romanians. Yeah, Romanians. And, Lithuanians as well. Yeah, Lithuanians uh, yeah. and... Italians uh, and... And Belgian. Italians. Yeah, yeah, and Belgian. Um, and then if you, if you go down under... Uh, not. I, I don't know what the Aussies have been hit with, but I know New Zealand, they were hitting really hard on the uh, animal flatulence, if you remember that, with Ardern. Oh, yes. It's been yeah. continued since she left. I haven't heard anything out of what's his name. I think Hipkins is still in down there, but I haven't haven't heard anything out of that since then. I, but it's summertime, I mean, so they can't really, you know, they can't push as much propaganda because people this, are outside. This is, this is like a manufactured famine. Yes, and it's coordinated. Only, yeah, absolutely. And and there's there's only certain countries in history that have done that. When you could name them. China. And millions died from that. <laughs> yeah, Russia, China. China. Russia. Russia. Yeah. They did it to their own people. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody can have a crack now. Yeah, 
Uh, it's just um, I actually it's, it's I want to talk about the Chinese economy. I've got a little tidbit on the Chinese economy for you. Uh, do, do you want to talk about that really yet. quickly or not? You want to hold that? No, 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 no. I've, right. got, I've got one okay. more to yeah. do with the royalty thing, because you mentioned something the other day about Canada. Yeah. And they were having they were getting up, up in arms about the judiciary we were saying everything was wrong, weren't they? Didn't their courts say that Trudeau, the emergency, yes, emergency act was wrong? Was, and yeah, Freeland he, stood up in his place, yeah? Yes, he well, overstepped. I, wanted, and, I, I, yeah. I actually wanted to look into it and to see how their system works. And you've always asked me how we are connected with Canada, haven't you? So I yes. went and found out because we do have a governor general, which is what they call part of the Privy Council for Canada, yes. which is the PCO, uh -huh. yeah? It's a central agency of the government of Canada, right? And this is what it says. It acts as a secretariat, right, to uh, the uh, Parliament Canada. It's led by the clerk of the Privy Council, who is head of the civil service in Canada. So this is coming from us. And it acts as deputy minister to the prime minister, right? So Tuesday's court hearing, I think you were talking about. And basically what came out from it was... Basically, that our PCO, which is our Privy Council office, this comes from the, um, the Governor-General, recommended Trudeau invoke the emergency powers in response to the Freedom Convoy. So the clerk of the Privy Council, whose name is uh, Janice, uh, Janice uh, Charette, she approved this. And also, it showed that the Privy Council was in active talks with the Canadian Armed Forces as well at the same time, with reference to ending the protest if needed. So basically, so since we've got the uh, Governor-General, who has the ability, basically, of this is what gets me, they have the ability, the Governor-General and people get behind this in Canada. The Governor-General from here, which is a representative of England, they have the ability to disband Parliament, right? So basically, also... They read out the uh, royal speech if it's come from here, if the, the king's not going to read it or the queen's not going to read it. And they gain royal assent, which is which brings the parliament, parliamentary bills and laws into acts over there. So the governor general has a massive amount of power. Yeah, so anything that's done over there can't really done be, or to some degree without UK consent at that level. So, I mean, I apologise. I didn't realise this. I really yes. do. Canadians, there, I so apologize. Yeah, there as is. As a UK I've, representative. I have heard that before. There is something in there somewhere where that parliament can be shut down if they don't agree with something. I have heard that before, but it's been yeah. like maybe 10, 15 years since I've heard that. But it's still there. They have the ability to disband parliament. So people, start getting in touch with your governor general and get them to get him out. Right. They have the power. Go down. If you can't just get him or shout at him, you got a stone wall. You got the WEF. Try another action, but just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. I mean, they're all I'm, in the same boat. But. Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious. I mean, I know I'm. I'm kind of like halfway joking with this, but can you shut it down anyway, just to get him and Freeland the hell out of there? Yeah, you think they should have one of those trap doors where they get up something when they finish? Just, just, just open it, and he drops yeah. into nowhere. Yeah, it, followed that, by something. her. Something like that, yeah. Just for the purposes of getting, can you get rid of him and then have them great big, get rid of great that? big hook comes across the stage yeah. and pulls. You hear them the gong off. and then like the a hook bad comes com out. comedy yeah. act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it just doesn't make sense, does it? I have one other thing to do with the UK. I think. Do I? Do I? Couple things actually. 
Irish government, you mentioned that the other day, the um, criminal justice bill that they were putting out. Is this Incitement the... to violence or hatred yes, and hate the offences. Yeah, the online stuff, yeah. Well, the bill defines whatever the party in power sees as hate speech is such. So it's just really a so tool for the opposition. So it's fluid then. It's it's like gender. It's just you, fluid. It's you whatever you feel no, like. But, no, no, this is, this is so wrong. I mean, this should be abolished straight off because it's it's discriminative bill. What, what the bill intends, right, uh, to enhance is, right, it sees hate speech, yeah, a speech that incites violence or hate against the group or individual because they are associated, now listen to this line, with a protected characteristic. These a characteristics, characteristic. are, yeah, these characteristics are race, color, nationality, religion, um, national or ethnic or origin or descent, um, gender, um, sex characteristics, sexual orientation, and disability. Well, what gets me is protected characteristic. So basically, this is actually picking specific points. So. Shouldn't this just say it's there to defend everybody against hate speech? But then because again, how do you define specific. hate speech, though? Yeah, but the point is, they're saying this bill is used to protect specific ones. If they take one of these out, or if they add one to it, I mean, who's who's not a pro okay? Based on the party in let, power, let, let's take a single part of the planet that isn't a protected characteristic: the white male. Well, yeah, that's the most hated thing in the world these days. So, yeah, white well, heterosexual. You don't come Christian under that. Now, yeah. So you, you so yeah. you can be hollered at and shouted at, and that's yes. not hate speech. No, not according to the party in power, according to the wordage of the bill. Uh huh. Yeah. This is to, and I'll tell so you the whole what, thing needs is, to be tossed. It the whole thing. Yeah, needs yeah to be it's wrong. I mean, it's it's a it's discrimination. It should just say hate. It should just make a generalization about this is hate speech. This is as we see it. If it in you know. But that, that it's got to get to a certain level of violence or whatever. But then it's just an it's an unnecessary law. It's a political tool. I don't think it's a law at all. They can call it a law, no. but I call it illegal. That's what I call it. It is illegal. Called a violation. It's illegal. Rights. It's morally, ethically wrong. It's just no good. Um, oh yeah, the UK the UK COVID investigation has been stopped for a while. Uh, was that after Nicola Sturgeon called Boris Johnson a clown under oath? <laughs> no, 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 it's just been it's just been stopped for um, the COVID inquiry has been stopped. It's been delayed. Sorry, they've delayed the module on safety and efficacy of the vaccine um, indefinitely. Oh, certainly until after the elections, but it's been when are the delayed elections? indefinitely. When are the elections? You guys well, have elections coming up. When are they? This year. Well, everyone's got them. I, well, I didn't know um, exactly when your guys' were, so. So, you, I mean, you got to remember, there's no political appetite. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> there's no political appetite for this. In fact, that was the quote that came from Andrew Bridgeton. There's no political appetite for um, on, on the vaccines. They may well be in 20 years, and they may prove that everything was right, and you're right. But now we're taking the most powerful vested interest in the world with whatever they're doing. It's just a joke. Well, they're going to have so, to suspend it because they're going to roll out another pandemic. So they're going to need more jabs for those. So they need to suspend everything that's going on now. They don't need any more inquiries going on that are necessary. So yeah, so people, the UK COVID inquiry has been delayed and the module that's been delayed is on the safety and efficacy of the vaccine, which is the one that you really need to know about. And it's been delayed indefinitely, at least until after the, all the elections. 
And guess in what? In 20 years. It might just be forgotten by after that. So, yeah, it's just showing political bias. And it's just a joke. I mean, if the truth will out, it will out. I mean, even if they didn't get the 75 years to hold the information back like they wanted, they might just keep it quiet for that long if they stay in power that long. Um, what else came out of this country? Don't know. No, I'm saving that till last. Come on in, Johnny. What did you want to have a break, break my break my monotony up? Break your monotony up. I'm, I'm, I'm send, sending all sending yeah, all your yeah, listeners yeah. to sleep. Yeah, China. You've talked uh, before about China and their economic woes. This hasn't really gone reported in any of our uh, media, but the Chinese economic woes. Yeah, economic woes. Well, I know. At least two construction businesses went out the window. That is true. Uh, Country Garden and uh, there was another one. Uh, I guess. Yeah, what, what the ghost they, city? Yeah, and they developer. had the mountain of bikes. Had the mountain of bikes. They had the fields, the fields of, of cars. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? I can't. It remember. was the real estate malinvestments. They've got banking. Oh, they got the ghost cities. They got the ghost cities. Ghost cities. Yeah. They've got energy provider problems uh, as well. They got a real good aircraft carrier. The only aircraft carrier, yes. The, the other one is just a its a hollowed out, just nothing. It has to be pulled by tugs across the Yangtze. It's interesting that they have been buying their oil now from Russia, but they have not been buying it in dollars. They've been buying it in yuan, which is their currency. And guess what you yeah. can do with yuan on the international market? Nothing. <laughs> so nothing. the Russians are, yeah, nothing. So the Russians are essentially giving them oil for free, just like they've been doing with the Indians. They're just giving, because they've been giving, they, the Russians have been taking rupees. Uh, what, so for, yeah, I was going to say, what is the Russians paying for their stuff in Russia? Russian the, money. What's Russian money again? Ruble, the ruble, and the the ruble. Well, they're they've paying just, rubles, and yeah, they've yeah. jacked their interest rates to. I think they're pushing seventeen percent now to stop the ruble because it's a hundred to one <laughs> for the ruble. Like you just you can't sell your oil to India and expect rupees in in exchange because you cannot exchange them. You can't sell it to the Chinese in exchange for yuan because you can't exchange that. So they're all kind of like screwed here. But the Chinese, because of all of their malinvestments and because now, because of COVID, they've been essentially we're, we're in the process of decoupling. Like we've cut them like that. That line has been severed, not officially yet, but it's it's coming. The Chinese stock market, the Hang Seng Enterprises, lost six point three trillion dollars, not yuan, dollars on Wednesday. Good. In one day. Do you know what else bottomed out on the market? Uh, it's lithium. Gone back to lithium. Yes. Lithium, yeah, because there is lithium. not a demand for Chinese car, Chinese there's EV no, cars. There's no demand for EVs. So those Australian mines, which I think supply forty percent of the world's lithium, I think. For the moment, Thank yeah, you. the Chinese yeah. actually were banking on Afghanistan because Afghanistan has, as I, oh, is it like trillions plenty, of Don't, tons don't get me wrong. There's plenty to be found. People don't understand, right? These grabbing bastards that are going for the land and everything else, and they want global control, yeah? If you think this is for climate or whatever, it's the biggest lie possible. Because even if you look within your environmental studies and everything else, one of the first things they'll say is the lith lithosphere, which is where you get all your minerals out from and stuff like that, yeah, which has accumulated over millions of years, and it's basically the um, top of the mantle and the, and the plates above it, yeah, and the soil and the rocks... And this is where all the mining, and this is what we use. This is where we get all our minerals from. We've only used one to two percent of the surface mined of the surface area of this planet. So, what do you think is going to happen if you have one all-controlling, tyrannical, lying bunch of bastards who just like money? Forget your climate. Forget your Earth. 
you might as well wrap this planet up in tin foil because they'll just dig it until there's nothing left. Simple as that. Can we put Bill Gates in tin foil and just stick him on a on a grill somewhere and just leave him alone? I wouldn't even bother with that. I'd just put him in the company of normal people, watch him shake himself to pieces. He would. But yeah, the Chinese stock Chinese stock market in serious serious trouble, uh, and that's again that's that's not that's not been reported uh, in our in our media at all. It's just business as usual when it comes to China. Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I really, I mean, no matter what happens, they 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 just seem to be roughshodding over what's happened to the last five years. And people, you can't you can't you can't do this. I mean, I know my my bone of contention and everything is the vaccines and COVID and everything, because we have warned about them since the early days. And it is a hill to die on. I have to be honest. It, well, it is. Well, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's been no synthetic vaccine that hasn't had side effects and is dangerous to the people it's been put into. And the more people dig, the more they find it. I mean, and the trouble is, it's like you keep bringing up these um, uh, paper fronts and things like that, and with the excuses that, this will give you a heart attack. This will give you a heart attack. This will make you die or whatever. But this is all, yeah, they find the most comical excuses to explain why people are dropping dead. And that that that's the sad thing about it. I mean, we've, we're have we starting to get um, uh, the science journals and stuff like that. I mean, this long COVID, they reckon, you see, even with this, it, it does mean they come out with, oh, yeah, there's long COVID. OK, 5% of those who got COVID have got long COVID and this is causing fatigue and this is causing uh, mental problems and everything else. But the one thing they don't say in there is the taboo, taboo subject. Were those people vaccinated or not? Or is it from both? Because when they don't say it's from one or the other, you can guess, can't you? Yeah, this is a headline out of the uh, the Independent. It says, uh, yeah, it's "Long COVID, yeah, long COVID causes changes in the body that make exercise debilitating." According to a study, experts say yeah. severe muscle damage, micro mitocardial problems, and microclots may explain the impact of working out. Yeah, long COVID. But excuse me, this five percent of the um, populations have they been vaccinated or not? Because if you cared and they had, you'd be doing something about it. If you don't mention it, because if they had a list of and it was all unvaccinated people, do you think they'd put that on there? They would be they'd no, right royally put it not. on there. You know, and it just and that annoys me. It's bad science. It's bad science. It doesn't say what group of people it's from, what if it's a mixture or not. And if they don't do that, you damn well know which side it's from. Oh yeah. And the other thing that was on the up that we mentioned, that Medscape published an article on in December. Why prion diseases are on the rise. And this is very strange because um, back in 2021, right on the onset of it, there was um, a lot of outcry from certain medical people in the UK saying these proteins are bad. And especially when um, you had the funeral directors and you had the pathologist saying, we're getting these hardened proteins and you've got, and you've got everything going across all the membranes here, even to the brain, you're getting problems with capillaries and you're getting strange proteins. Well, yes, a prion disease right and basically that's a proteinaceous infectious particles so basically what happens is you get misfolded proteins that catalyze the conversion of its non-misfolded counterparts now when it says it catalyzes if you've ever done an experiment science experiment and you got a catalyst the catalyst is used 
to further the experiment, either speed it up or whatever, and the catalyst is never used up. So you've got these misfolded proteins that aren't getting used up, which are catalyzing the good proteins to become misfolded. So you're ending up in a destructive cycle. And these basically prion diseases are such as CJD, which Johnny knows is Kreutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. I, yes, I, <laughs> that is the scientific name for it. Or the layman's terms, is, or layman's term is... Well, it's similar. It's similar yeah, to that, sim- what people similar. call yeah, mad, cow mad disease. cow's disease. But it's yeah. human mad cow's disease, which yes. is actually called spongy form encephalitis. <laughs> it's a lovely word, spongy form encephalitis. But it's not a nice thing. It's you have debilitating. To make sure, now, yeah, you have to make sure. The thing is, you have to make sure you get your word pronunciations right. Otherwise, you and I are never going to hear the word the fascist. If he comes yeah. at me, if he if the word fascist comes at me, I will actually make him meet his words. But he doesn't know why yet. As long uh, as you don't make him eat peanuts. The, right, the, 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 yeah, peanut. He might he might get a twitch. <laughs> get have a conversation with Bill Gates then. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. Right, the cause. Of, the right. This is what gets me. The one thing you got to remember: they got history of these diseases. Right, the cause of sporadic CJT has never been found. That sporadic means it's rare. It pops up every now and then, but apparently. It's popping up all over the place, and I wonder why. Um, or just another one, you know what I mean? Daily Fail might come out with something. You know? Well, at the moment, I, was, I actually just had the Daily Fail pulled up, and uh, it's it, actually it's um, Camilla takes tea with Charles after successful prostate surgery and uh, some Love Island stuff and something about some twins. Well, she in had successful yeah, prostate surgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something about uh, the Houthis targeting a British oil tanker and Holly Willoughby and Phil Schofield or something about dancing on ice. That's that's all I know. Oh, Schofield's around again, is he? I thought he they caught him down at the at the shop today picking up some groceries. Yeah. Oh, just groceries. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, okay. nothing else. No. <laughs> I'm not going again. No, no, not going there. But um, just as a reminder, I did mention 2021, and I am going to harp on it when we talked about these proteins and that. Yeah. The changes in the SARS-2 COVID and the present spike protein was investigated. And it had, this is when they found out, remember all the names were going about, you had the HIV, the glycoproteins 120, and then you had the amino acids, and they hadn't been seen anywhere in any coronavirus except the one that happened to be out there. And other things it was found in those amino acids were rabies, HIV, and the cobra toxin, and that's where the idea of snake venom, and when it used to be called snake venom, people used to say God, it's got the, snake the oil snake, in it and yeah, stuff the like snake that. Snake venom and everything. But, I remember, yeah, yeah, and that's when when yeah, but people pick up on that, don't they? I mean, even even the word fascist saying snake oil is that isn't he? is that just going to be his official title now? Yeah. <laughs> well, for tonight anyway. You started it. And I find it quite amusing. He's, he's probably he'll, he'll he'll find a fascinating way to use his words and very descriptive ways of saying something about me. I'm sure. And you had the cross mem- membrane movement, and then we had all manner of things. So yeah. So if you've got people out there that don't seem to be mentally themselves and everything, we keep saying this. Yep. Any time in your life. Don't put it down to, I mean, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and everything. It's all on the rise. And this is not good whatsoever. Because basically what they what they found, like these proteins affect changes in the brain. I mean, this this is creating uh, medical imbalances. This is lot, loss of neurotransmitters. They've really looked into it. And one of the chemicals is, acet- well, I think it's called acet- 
acetylic acetyl acetylic choline or something and it is basically it's critical for memory and learning so i mean i'm not very good at saying that but i'm sure martin is well, so, we're going to hear all about it next time he's on, I assure you, because there's going to be rebuttals to everything that's, that's being said here. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's his opinion. We're welcome to and it. And we're welcome to it. That's right. <laughs> but other than that, your turn. Throw my something turn. at me because I'm going to get into something really all right. I want to get my teeth into after this. I talked about this a little bit last night, uh, and this is uh, this is something that's out today uh, because they're they're keying on it again. The military in Britain is too small. And they're saying that, again, this is a uh, this is something that's being put out by, let me see, who is this? M uh, Michael Clark, former director general of the Royal United Services Institute, told the Daily Fail that the army must be better at driving recruitment and get at least over the 100,000 mark. And they're saying that if war, like regional war, world war breaks out, then they're probably going to have to call the public up. Conscript. Okay. So we, we discussed it a little well, bit last night. But yeah, that was a massive problem. There's a massive problem yeah. out there, isn't there? Well, it's we got the same problem. Where, 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 well, I put it this way, right? I did 17 years out of 22. And the reason I left was because I saw the changes coming. I saw what was happening. Um, when you actually go into the services in Britain, and, it, and this is how they started running it, the bureaucracy started to get really bad because you used to have a thing called a NAMA exam. If you joined up in the forces and you didn't already have qualifications like I went in with all my O-levels and stuff, so there wasn't a problem. That is classified as zero, zero. And I'm sure Martin did too. Yeah. And um, so if you wanted to go in, you um, and it basically works on English and maths, and you took a NAMA exam, and if you had, say, seven, seven was the worst, yeah? And then you worked your way to zero. You could retake it, relearn, do whatever as you went along. And if you wanted to go up ranks, yeah, you had to have a certain level of anamic, which makes sense. So you had understanding of mathematics and English, your own language, which would help anyway. So you had this. By the time I'd left, they'd obviously try to entice youngsters due to political change or the changes in society. Um, when they ran out of blokes to join up, some people might call this sexist. They then added women to it and i'm sorry i haven't got a problem with women going into the forces but in the navy it's a big game changer because you're in isolation you're away from whatever for a long time and any woman will tell you with an ounce of sense that if you put 30 or 40 women within the same close environment mess deck of their own for three or four months they will start their clocks will start to tick together and comically speaking, whether you're married or not, got daughters or not, yeah, house full of girls or whatever, it's hormonal. And that's a hormonal bomb. And when you're on a fighting ship or whatever, you want to be able to go ding, ding, ding. We need to do this now, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not have a time for a debate or an argument or whatever, because someone's been... It, it, it downgraded ships in some respect. Yes, it, it worked better as a single-sex environment, even if you wanted to put that way. Because when you've been working hard, you could come out from um, your mess deck or wherever it was, go down the corridor, walk into the shower, wash your nicks of socks or whatever, have a shower, go back down there. Uh, excuse me, you can't just do that, wander up there with a the towel over your shoulder. Why? Well, there might be women on board. Plus, they have to have their own mess deck because you can't mix mess decks. Also, they introduced 
shower curtains, which are plastic things. If you yeah, have a fire, they're full of fire too. <laughs> if you have a fire, you've got melting plastic. You've got oh, to have goodness. somewhere to stow all this stuff. Right, right. Also, no, if you look at the, I mean, uh, we are different in, we are two parts of one. But if we don't actually own up to our good points and awkward points and bad points, and we don't actually fit this profile, because we don't fit every profile they're good at, and they don't fit every... And when it comes down to fighting and stuff like that in specific places, we're both good at something better than the other, right? But the point is, because of things, that the allowances and stuff like that, you would get... You cannot afford to have people getting upset. So hang on. If you had one allowance for the lads of bedding when they joined up and after that they buy it as they go along, you know, if it's their own bedding or whatever, and yet girls and women get allowances for bedding because, well, it's not their fault that something happens every month. So, you know, it that, that isn't being sexist. That, that is how things happened. And that thing's how things were. I mean, and on, on a ship you have a pool of people, whether it's chefs, whether it's Jack Dusties, whether it's just sailors. When the ship hits a war zone, you're getting holes in the side of the ship. You've got to run heavy-duty cables with high voltages down there, and you could be standing in water, and you got to, and you have these pool of people that aren't using the weapons, that aren't doing this, and they're there in the dining hall or in places about the ship where you've got a pool of people that you should just be able to go to and go, right, you, 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 you're with me, we're going to do this. And you want to be gelled together as a team, whether it's firefighting, walking through water, saying to somebody, put those rubber gloves on, here's a T-bar, that's a hedgehog, put this cable into there and tie it up, da-da-da-da-da, supervise them, Knowing you're going to work as a team. Knowing you can rely on each other. In an environment like that, we are physically different strength-wise and whatever. And I don't care what girls say or whether our skeletal frame is different. Your bones do go soft under certain degrees at certain times of your life and whatever. It's great to be a mum. I haven't got a problem with that. Then you've got to get back from it. Whatever. You shouldn't be penalised as a mum. But you shouldn't be put in a situation where because of you, the onus is put on someone else. You take a stores party, everything mostly comes on pallets and crates. Somebody does a line of crates, they're throwing them down there, womp, womp, womp. They're throwing it at chest height, aren't they? Passing it along, off yeah. you go. What's in the way? Um, there's there's a rack of something there. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, yeah. harm could accidentally happen to somebody. Yes. Yeah. Whereas you've got a chest plate, it doesn't matter. You get used to doing this along and it goes along and you get things done and you don't have to worry about that. So... Because of that, they don't get put in stores party. So for the lads, it comes around twice as quick. Yeah? Yeah. Loads of it. It just piles up and whatever. So you're changing a whole environment of a war machine. That's supposed to go tick, 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 tick. No matter what happens, they can like each other. But the psychologically, underlying all that, there'll be those that will be giving it, mm, I'm not happy about this. You can't have that. Especially during conflict. That. No, you cannot have no, that. No, you cannot has have to that sort point. of thing. And so when I left the Navy, you had the boys, you had the girls and whatever. And the NAMIT had gone out to 1313. I don't even know what that means. Whether I mean, you you were high, people just didn't want to join up. They'd put it through their... It, it just got ridiculous. And out there now, I don't think the there is such an environment to actually get, I don't know, an elite group going again, or it's going to take a hell of a lot. 
because we have it. I don't believe we've got it now. Not with the up and coming generations. I don't see it. No, you're going to have no. to like what you're going to you're going to these ones that are out there that are all gender confused. You're going to put something in, you're going to put a firearm in their hands. You're going to put them oh, through boot yeah. camp. Huh? Oh, I'm entitled to do this. I'm entitled to do. No, it's a big attitude difference. And that's what makes a difference. But hey, I mean, those are things that I saw. Those are things as I understood it. Don't get me wrong. When I went to, um, I left the ship and the previous ship that I was on went to Portland, which is a workup area. They asked for me to go back during workups, which is when it comes out. of And then you have to go through. And they said, you don't have to go back to that. They've asked for you. You're on ours now. And it's got mixed ships company now. I said, no, I'll go back. I haven't got a problem with it. But when you see things, you notice things and people don't want to hear it. They politicized it. And that means a gun, a weapon, a war machine is designed to kill people. Nothing else. It's not there to make you have a pretty time. Peace time, fun time. Play hard, work hard, whatever. But sorry, you're supposed to be out there and have a proper mindset. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying what it's for. And if they're thinking of doing that, got to go a long way before they achieve that because the british mindset we used to have our sense of humor with that mindset of being able to logically think let our intelligence balance itself with our common sense yeah dark sense of humor probably why i laugh at a lot of things it's a balance. and you were a navy man so i expect that as well i was so, yeah <laughs> yeah in your service mate but yeah that was what i had so i i thought i would get your because they're a, this is the second day in a row they're out talking about it and the, with well, different it's, voices. it's it's uh, people can be up in arms about it but that was an honest answer i'm not biased in one direction or another if you have something that works you want it to work as an optimum if we can't do it if i can't do something i will find out a way to do it if it's beyond my means, I should not be doing it because I am then putting the onus on someone else. Yeah. So this, that's the way I see it. The one thing they will learn, though, is camaraderie, which is something that doesn't exist. Generally. That is true. Well, unless you're unless you're at you know an Antifa rally or something, that is. That's, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'd shit on each other. Most of those. Oh, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, it wouldn't take much about another zero on the check or something. Right before I, I, I don't know. I got sidetracked there. I don't know whether I should apologize. I'm not going to because it was truthful. It was out there. Um, I value everybody's comments because I don't always get the information right to 100%. I have been known to accidentally put a meme in there, but actually the meme was good, but never mind either way. But yeah, but no one's perfect. But I will try and, I mean, the information out there is information and it is there for you to look up and check yourselves, guys. You don't have to agree or disagree with me personally. But there is a bit of information I'd like to put out there for the world, starting with our UK people. Can I get into my teeth into this, Johnny, because it's about... Yes, you go ahead. What? You have... I will give you your time. You have 20 minutes. If anyone's heard of Dr. Tess Laurie, right, she's got something to do with the um, World Council for Health. This is not the WHO. This is something that's come into being during the um, bad years. And it is to do with, uh, there's loads of people there that are doctors, medical staff, lawyers, um, all walks of life. Yeah. If you wanted to have a look, um, there's a group called the people's, um, lawyers and they've, um, put a document together. Yeah. And they're sending it to other countries in the world and they're going to be presenting this in court, actually stating that it is 
the UK is in the who unlawfully. And I went, well, that's quite a statement. And the legal action they want is um, injunctions, basically, to stop any interference by the WHO with the international health regulations, any further pandemic treaties, any dictates from them to be ruled out. And this should include associated um, organisations such as Gavi and SAPI as too. They're going for the lot. Now, basically, if you look into it, yeah, because I had to look into the document and it is bloody informative and it is and it really goes into the history because it goes into the point of where the who said it was formed and how it was formed and when it was formed and by who and they um looked into i mean they've had they've got copies of people's diaries they've got copies of un documents they've got the lot copies of the uh the who constitution because you gotta remember it's a who constitution that was signed yeah now um a constitution to um, an illegitimate body. An unelected body, yeah. An unelected, well, that makes it illegitimate, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, right. The WHO was actually agreed to and planned in the early 40s, right? Ratification of the constitution by member states. So there, I mean, there's a myth out there which says WHO was suddenly proposed at the San Francisco UN Charter Conference in 1945, as it was alleged, that the health had not been thought about. But two top public health doctors just happened to be about representing China and Brazil. And there was another one from Norway, which I will talk about later, who just happened to be there. So at the time, these discussions had nothing to do with health. Oh, and they just popped up and decided, oh, yes, this is a good idea. Right. Both doctors had links with what foundation do you think? Uh, I'm going to. Yeah, I was getting ready to say it's going to be one of the rock. It's going to be Rockefeller or Gates. No, Rockefeller Foundation. Both of these doctors, there's a Dr. Geraldo H. de Paula Souza of Brazil. He'd actually written a paper on eugenics and immigration and was a staunch eugenicist. He'd written that paper in 1928. Anytime you, re- you reference that time period, it, like the 20s, 30s, 40s, and eugenics, Rockefeller's all over it. Yeah, they've got their stamp all over this. And Dr. Ziming Z had a top job in the UN. Now, at the time, it was the UN Relief and Rehabilitation in 1945, the UNRRA. Then he went on to be awarded, hang on, by the Rockefeller Foundation, who gave him a fellowship. Both doctors had been working together in the UN um, uh, Relief and Rehabilitation. So they'd gone as if they're an image from separate countries, but they weren't. The other doctor, a Carl, was, was in Evang. He was Norwegian. He's the Director General of the Public Health in Norway, but he had association with the Rockefellers. At the time, it was claimed, right, when they started, when they started to spout about this, somebody actually came out and said, hang on, uh, isn't he instrumental in bringing these doctors together? So what happened to him? They shipped him out before the conference started. But in 1943, Evang was at the Hot Spring US Conference, and that is when they really started to do things. Because in 1943... They did a test thing called the formation of the UN Food and Agricultural Organization. It was here that a new global health organization was discussed and decided. And this was back in 43. Yvang was a member of the WHO Technical Preparation Committee, along with Z and Sousa, finalizing the WHO Constitution prior to June-July 1946 conference, where that was all finalised, in which all three of them participated. Yvang went on to have a top job in the WHO, and he gained Rockefeller Foundation money for Norway. 
you can see this. This is a horrible web, yeah? So, people, listen, you're getting a history of this. Um, 1943, Interim Commission was a fraudulent cover, basically. Um, it was to bring all ideas, all manner of ideas. I mean, this is this is fundamentally where the UN, really, and the WHO came into being after the testbed of that FAO, after that Food and Agricultural Organization. That was the start of it all, yeah? And this is when these these nasty fat nasty creations kept going. Um, on the Who's platform, they they proudly had an article of a 1989 interview, by the way, with Z. You know, one of those doctors, and he just happened to label it the birth of the Who. And it claims the Who was dreamed up over a medical lunch at San Francisco on the 2nd of May 1945. So you've now got a conflicting th thing again. Associates Z names his bosses. Yeah, at when he was at the uh, UN Relief and Rehabilitation, oh. right? And his bosses were Dr. Wilbur Sawyer and Dr. James Crabtree. Now, Dr. Wilbur Sawyer was a director uh, within the health division of the Rockefeller Foundation, and Dr. James Crabtree was the executive assistant to the U.S. Surgeon General in the U.S., who I wouldn't be surprised it had some ties with the Rockefellers, but I don't know that. I don't think. I didn't manage to unearth anything there. Uh, so you've got the... UNRRA was meant to be basically temporary and it did get disbanded once it served its purpose. By 1948, that disappeared out. But by 1948, you now had the UN and the WHO. This meant Z would lose his high position and he knew that. So he applied himself to, a, he, he compiled the writings to bring the WHO into being as he was directed. Do we know why we ended, like what was the justification for needing, quote, needing the who in the first place? What was the reason well, for okay. it? Well, okay, right, the 1920s, 30s, 40s, you know Rockefeller, Rockefeller money is in everything, yeah? Yeah. And they are eugenicists to a T, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, contraception, Rockefeller yeah, Planned money. Planned Parenthood, yeah, all that stuff. Planned yeah. Parenthood, it's all there. So basically, we know these long-term things, and they've been going on for decades, yeah? So basically, yeah, it's control. It, it's, it's when, oh, I understand all of that, but my, my question yeah, but was... When things, get, when things like this get created by people who want to be in charge, that have this idealism, eugenics means there are the deserving and the undeserving, you know? This is so they have an idea of looking on tears of the world as... Yeah, it's like hive mentality, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure out what what excuse they used and how we ended up with it. I, I understand everything you're saying. I, I agree with you. I'm not. Oh, not because the, be, because there was nothing being organised for health. We hadn't right. looked at the health program. Right. They'd, sure. They 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 they, uh, they started with the food program. Yes. Once the they program, ma yeah, once well. they ran that once they rang the uh, food program out and said, oh, we've managed to get agreements with this. What would be the next one? Health. Well, obviously health, yeah. And what's the biggest money spinner out there? Pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. Medical dependency. Yeah. These are long-term games. These are people who are not nice, to say the least. So basically, Z promised a position, obviously, because because he knew that where he, he was going to go. So he applied himself, right? And he had a lot of input into writing up what needed to, to bring the who into being as directed, his diary is an amazing piece of paper. You know, it's actually, it's available. The signatures on the papers that followed seem to all have been associates with the Rockefeller Foundation, including Sir William Jameson, who was the chief medical officer in the UK. We had to be there, didn't we? 
The Hugh Constitution was signed on behalf of the UK in 1946 by two government advisers. Mm, nobody from Parliament, no ministers. They weren't even delegates. Delegates, right? They weren't even elected representatives. They were two government advisers. It was Dr. M. McKenzie and Dr. G. E. Yates, clearly listed as advisers on a document in the UN archives. So this makes this null and void. Later on in the paperwork of the WHO, written, they were written as delegates, but no ministers were ever present at this time. And for some reason, there's a word for Martin, for some reason, Mackenzie had the privilege of plenty potentia, uh, potential, or oh, potentia, something like that. It's basically the permission for a diplomat to sign a treaty on behalf of the government, right? A diplomat. So somebody that is not elected but is appointed to act on behalf of the people that the are government. in the yeah, outcome. Okay. But if you look into the actual wording of what this position allows, this privilege allows, this is supposed to be for emergencies only on a temporary basis until correct procedure could be followed, but instead it was used to permanently bypass the people and parliament's consent because it was never brought to Parliament or the people's consent. So right? it's an end runaround. It allows them to, to skate around the world. Of people. Yeah, but it's only a temporary thing. So this is null and void already. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the thing is, he can't be seen as a diplomat. Why can't he be seen as a diplomat? This is what gets me. He has a key in drafting the WHO constitution. So he had his hand in drafting the WHO constitution, which has been central to the League of Nations Health Organization. For 15 years, he was in that. The League of Nations. Yeah, yeah League of Nations Health Which Organization. Which preceded, yeah, for those that are wondering, that preceded the United Nations. I heard somebody say it the other day, the UN is having their League of Nations moment, and the League of Nations actually put us into the Second World War, uh, or at least The League of Nations it. is a horrible thing. Yeah. I heard you put that on the air, and I really cringed, because I thought, if you want to shoot yourself in the foot, Mention the League of Nations because if people look into the history bad, of that, yeah, it was yeah, bad. It was bad. It was really now, this bad. guy that was in the League of Nations for 15 years then went on to enjoy a top post in the WHO, and he was supposed to have diplomatic come on, get out of it. So, okay, so a note on Mackenzie, yeah, you want the League of Nations um, health organization, and he was part of what happened in Greece in 1928, right. He, have you heard this before in the last five years? Massive fines on people who did not follow his, follow his regulations on medication. Um, and That sounds like <laughs> everything we had under COVID, yeah. Yeah. And it also Chief. sounds like uh, some of the things that are in the, uh, the that pandemic treaty that the WHO want to pass. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it just... Chief Medical Officer Jameson, right, who was there and available, didn't sign anything. Yeah. So he's the Chief Medical Officer of the UK... He wasn't going to sign anything. Why? Because apart from being a director, I mean, a director, a doctor, he's also a lawyer, right? So there's no way he was going to put his name to it because he ain't stupid. And he had a lovely, he had a lovely um, uh, saying for vaccines. In, in, yeah. Germs are worse than Germans. <laughs> Wonderful quote. I had to say it. I mean, I've got nothing against Germans. But when somebody like that comes out with that, I think you're an ass. At the time, all the UN... International organization agreements and treaties were supported. Uh, they were supposed to be also discussed and agreed to, right? And this is what's written in, right, by at least the cabinet, if not parliament, according to ministerial statements at the time. So if you look into our parliamentary rulings and everything, at the time, 
international and UN agreements and all treaties had to be discussed and agreed by at least the cabinet, if not parliament, according to ministerial table times, not signed by two advisers. After signing around August 1946, Gilbert Yates, one of the advisers, gained a job at the UN Secretariat. According to Z's diary, because he had some amusing things in there, because he referenced people in there as well. Now, after Mackenzie signed it, he was hoping to become Director General of the WHO. Guess what? He got a bit annoyed. It didn't happen. I was going to say, <laughs> let me guess, he didn't make it. <laughs> he didn't get there. So he was seen as whatever. So it's basically, it's not a treaty. It's a constitution. It's not binding legally on any member state, right? That's any member state, people. This is not legally binding anywhere, all right? So nobody should be in it. Nobody should be right? in it, but I'm just, and I'd just like to throw this point in there. All it takes, and I've mentioned this before, all it takes for a country to leave the World Health Organization right is as simple that your prime minister, chancellor, president, whatever, you know, whatever you call it, is to pen a letter on an official oh, state yeah, letterhead this is, this, and send it. This is it. to get it going. This is to get it going. It's like before, excuse me, it's like before, when you want something read out in parliament, when you want something to be put together, right, get your tens of thousands of people to actually put something in there, get it out there. Because once it's shoved in the front and more people hear it, that's the only way we're going to get things going. And it's got to be people power. You've got to get this going through your government systems. You will find one or two people that will support you and then it will gather speed because these guys the un the who and of course what became the wef it's the same crackpot nasty okay you talked about the league of nations yeah yes right the league of nations right health organization has always had massive rockefeller funding and there was another one in there called the Millbank memorial fund and I have read about them, yes. It's been a long time, but I have seen them in history books yeah, before. Yeah, and that's yeah. another. And they were both had extensive eugenic policies, both of those. And here's a little bit of history for you people. So you've got people coming out of the League of Nations because they know it outworn it. But the ideals of these people were really poor because the League of Nations, although you had a Second World War going on and all manner of things going on, they worked with fascist Italy, as it was then. They worked with... Spain's Franco regime during the war, even though the chances were it was, what's the word? Not associated with Nazi Germany. Collaborated. Yeah, collaboration well, there somewhere. If you, if you, you can link the, um, what, what's her name? Uh, Margaret Sanger, who was the, quote, founder of Planned Parenthood. And this is oh, actually yeah. listed in uh, Ecoscience. Uh, she was the, uh, they actually call her a heroine in that book. I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, with, I know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Ehrlich and John P. Holder. And those are the, the Malthusian types you were talking about uh, before. But yeah. she, yeah, she was actually given awards by the Nazis in the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for her work in eugenics. Yeah. And she had her hand into finding that scientist, which then pushed the contraceptive move as yes. well. Yeah. That was part of the Planned Parenthood she, movement. Yeah. 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 Um, which was Rockefeller, the money, by the way. Yeah. It's all been Rockefeller. Yeah. The League of Nations um, Health Organization also worked with Germany. Now, with Germany, right, what gets me was, and this is all documented, there was 38 medical pa packages of epidemiology were sent to Germany and sold to them in 1942. The current director at the time was Yves Berand, and it was, okay, it was all right with him, and he even sent his regards, even though the sender was a Nazi party member, Dr. Otto Osler, 
who actually signed the letters Heil Hitler, right? So this is your League of Nations. Well, they had to, yeah, they had to sign it back then like that. If not, then it was, you know, like you, you were going to be removed. If you were a party member and you didn't sign an official letter like that, then... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this, and on top of that, the head of the League of Nations Health Organization, these guys, remember, these guys' countries were at war with Germany as well. 1942. Yeah. And then after the war, Oslo went to work for the WHO and the Rockefeller Foundation. So he went from being a Nazi party member to working for the WHO and the Rockefeller Foundation. And in 1946, what really happened there, when the WHO was ratified and all everything was set up, the League of Nations was absorbed into it, really, because uh, Isbarand got a top position. All the NHHO staff seemed to have been taken on by the WHO. All of them. So what have you got? So you've got this morphing into the WHO. No problem whatsoever. And... The previous head, <laughs> this is what really annoyed me. And you know when you go, I really don't like some charitable organisations because my biggest graft is the UN's been out there, the WHO's been out there, we've got all these charitable organisations that spout about, uh, you know, medication, feed the world and everything, and yet there's loads of them are still poor, bad conditions, unhealthy and everything, and all these billions have gone into it, right? The previous head of the League of Nations Health Organization, became the head of UNICEF, Dr. Ludwig Ratchman. There you go. That's a tidy, nasty story, isn't it? Just a little bit, yeah, but I'm not surprised by any of it. But it was fun having a good read. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. That is, you ran us right to time, so you uh, you had it right you had it right on the money. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Any final words before you uh, depart for the week? Um, there was a little snippet read uh, that somebody wrote in a medical journal the other day, and I found it very, very thought-provoking. I actually wrote it down, basically because there was a peer-review paper of in a, in, a, in a medical science journal called Curious. They analysed all the Pfizer data, and at the end of all the um, severe adverse effects and everything else that they'd listed and gone through, they actually put down, given the well-documented SAEs, serious adverse effects, and the unacceptable harm uh, to uh, harm to reward ratio, we urge the government to endorse and enforce a moratorium on these modified mRNA products until all relevant questions pertaining to causality, residual DNA, and aberrant protein production are answered. And that's the only thing they could put at the end of it because they found it so damning. And yeah, up for them. And that is what it's got to be. This genetic stuff has to be stopped because to that point, it's a suicide. Yeah, to that point, there was a uh, there was a, several chemistry professors here at the uh, Paul Ehrlich Institute, no relation to the Paul Ehrlich that I was mentioning for that was the author of Ecoscience, but this is something else, uh, which is their, basically it's like their... Um, um, think of it like their their FDA kind of thing here in Germany. Yeah. Uh, and they said they are opposed, excuse me, uh, they they uh, wrote a paper, and this was published in the Berliner Zeitung, uh, which is the Berlin newspaper. They said, what are the consequences of unwanted proteins? You know, the unwanted mm -hmm. proteins you were talking about last week. They say that they're calling for, quote, mRNA technology to be stopped immediately as the problems of mRNA-based vaccines are becoming increasingly obvious. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's out there now. Yeah. We really don't know what the numbers are going to be and what, mm -hmm. what the end product is going to be. Yeah. And there's certain yeah. people who did it don't care. No, they don't. Not in the least. And I'm currently witnessing that right now. And it's 
Yeah, it's quite something. All right, my friend, it has been a great conversation. For those of you who would like to support us, you can do so by clicking the link in the program description down below. That will take you over to our subscription page where you can subscribe to us or you can give us a small donation. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. A bag of peanuts. Or a bag of peanuts. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a pleasure, my friend. Take care. I will see you next week. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening. Thank you very much. Good night.